0: You are locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. before somebody else you out of the your name shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race; the is Welcome to your Thursday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am your host for today's episode, David Harrison. This episode is brought to you in part by MyBookie, the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag today, use promo code Locked On and activate a special offer for our listeners. Folks, typically I am joined on Thursday episodes by Evan Winter. However, due to some extenuating circumstances beyond his and my control, he is not with me. James Yarko is off. And while I appreciate the fact that had I asked James to join me in Evan's absence, he probably would have sacrificed his night off for me. I can tell you in a test that James is a very hardworking gentleman and deserves his night off from the podcast. So that he can spend some time with his family, his wife and kids enjoy and relax the spoils of all of his efforts. So I didn't even ask him to join. He's probably gonna be mad when he hears this because he definitely would have sacrificed his night off. I'm 100% certain of it. However, And it really actually does suck, because I had a really fun episode uh, planned for for Evan and I uh, to to execute, uh, inspired by Bailey Adams of BucsNation.com. We do have some things to talk about, though. Of course, uh, the Buccaneers are getting ready for the Tennessee Titans, and that's all well and good. Hopefully, you caught the crossover episode with the host of the Locked on Titans that James did, which dropped on Wednesday. If you didn't, please go back and take a listen to that. And James and I will be back tomorrow on Friday for our final preview where i will give my key players the game make some bold predictions some score predictions and and put those things on record as the buccaneers come back out of their bye week uh, at two and four so they're gonna be looking to get back onto their winning ways get their record back up to three and four before they head to seattle for a very tough tough matchup against the seattle seahawks team that uh, we'll get deeper into of course as next week comes around but honestly even with the problems that the Buccaneers have demonstrated, it still looks like a winnable game. Not saying I'm going to pick the Buccaneers to win necessarily. We'll see what happens this weekend. We'll see kind of how some other things develop. Of course, health is a big thing. Brashad Perryman seems to be on the track to coming back. DeMar Dotson was back at practice. Alex Kappa not quite fully. Jack Sitchi not quite fully. But the Buccaneers are at least trying to inch back to getting healthier, um, and and they need all the, all the help they can get uh, from their active roster guys. So good news there. Um, But today's conversation, and I know a lot of you guys are probably tired of it, right? You're probably ready to get back to football. You want to get back to what's actually happening. But listen, we've been covering this all offseason, and we've talked about it on this show in the preseason. And it's going to continue throughout the rest of the year, either in a good light or a bad light. It's going to continue to happen. And that, of course, is quarterback Jameis Winston. Um, we have a voicemail from Joe uh, who's been calling in a couple times uh, here recently with some, with some very good thoughts and, and some very interesting thoughts and his voicemail specifically inspired me to do a little bit of research and do a little bit of digging. And I found something fairly interesting that I wasn't expecting to find. So we're going to talk about that here today on this episode.
1: Hey guys, Joe from Ocala. Um, I, I actually am respectfully disagreeing with some people that are talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I'm still a, true believer that you bring Teddy Birgewater to this offensive line and this defense, he's going to end up hurt. He is going to get destroyed. He is going to throw in. her. The only reason why he's playing well in New Orleans is because they have one of the best defenses probably in the league right now. And they have an offensive line that's playing lights out. I just don't. And you have Alvin Kamara. I mean, I don't see it. It's It just doesn't make sense to me. See what your guys' thoughts are about it. I don't care who you bring into this offense. It's, it's, you're not, you don't have a running game that's been consistent. You don't have an offensive line. You have the worst passing defense in the league. There is so many other things we should be talking about besides getting another quarterback because Jameis can win games he's good enough to win games I know you guys don't believe that he can string four in a row but I respectfully disagree Uh, the Chris Godwin is the only consistent football player we have on our team everybody else is very inconsistent go Bucks! love to hear what you guys have to
0: say all right Joe we appreciate the voicemail as always and, yeah, guys, uh, w- James and I love voicemails that say that, that you guys agree with us and that you love everything that we say because, you know, it makes the ego feel good. It makes us feel good and all that stuff. But making zero mistake about it, there is plenty of room for disagreement here on the Lockdown Bucks podcast. Um, so, Joe, greatly appreciate you taking the time to reach out and uh, disagree because, I mean, that's, you know, not everybody uh, enjoys that kind of thing and not everybody would would appreciate that sort of thing. But, I enjoyed enjoyed your thoughts and appreciate the way you went about it, of course, as well. And listen, as far as the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing is concerned, I I get totally that Teddy is in a a very good system. He's got a very good coach, Sean Payton. As much as people may not like him, there's really no denying that he is uh, one of the best coaches in the NFL, you know, personality, uh, character traits, you know, some of that other stuff set aside. Um, His football mind and, and what he's been able to build there in New Orleans is very impressive. Now, as far as you know whether or not that's making Teddy Bridgewater successful, or if Teddy Bridgewater is in a system that's allowing him to be successful, that's that's going to be something that's going to be figured out um, in the future. You know, anytime you talk about a free agent moving from one team to another, I, I always think back to Namdi Asomugha, the cornerback, when uh, when he left a free agency and went to went to another team and just just kind of basically fell off the map as far as uh, elite cornerbacks are concerned. You never quite know. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, you know for the Buccaneers fans. You never know how a free agent's going to fit until you get them there. You can only look for certain traits, you only look for certain qualities that make you believe that the potential to be a good fit is there for your scheme, for your team, for your system, uh, whatever you need it to fit into. And I've always, you know, this this isn't just a New Orleans thing. Like going back to his time with Minnesota before his injury, Teddy Bridgewater's always been a guy that I felt like had that potential to come into a team, in the right system, in the right scheme, and be able to uh, lead that team to victory. Not necessarily put the team on his shoulders and take them to victory, but lead them to victory um, and and keep the confidence of the coaches, keep the confidence of the team, and and try to help 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 some of those things happen. And he was very much on his way to doing so in Minnesota when that injury happened. And of course, obviously that derailed everything. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I guarantee you the Minnesota Vikings right now. Or at least people in that building right now wish they'd have held on to him. Yeah, look, Teddy Bridgewater's been killing it. You know, got it. he's out. Michael Thomas, uh, he's at Alvin Kamara. But listen, Alvin Kamara has got multiple games. I want to say he's got three games this year where he hasn't even hit 100 yards of total offense from the line of scrimmage. He's only scored two touchdowns this year, and that's not to try to diminish what Alvin Kamara can do on the NFL field. But let's look at Teddy Bridgewater's latest venture this weekend in Chicago against the Chicago Bears. I think everybody would agree the Chicago Bears defense is one of the best in the NFL this year. Against Chicago Bears defense, Teddy Bridgewater threw two touchdowns, took or through zero interceptions, only took one sack. And I say he only took one sack and didn't have Alvin Kamara on the field. So the Chicago Bears didn't even have to worry about Alvin Kamara on the field for that game. Yet Teddy Bridgewater was still able to go out there, put 280 plus yards on them, complete almost sixty-one percent of his passes, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It's it what what it boils down to, guys, is, is decision making. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, James obviously isn't here to chime in, but that's kind of where I'm coming from with this whole thing. James and I have been have been very very avid supporters of Jameis and Joe and you and I are going to agree on on something here. Jameis Winston does have the ability to win games. The problem is Jameis Winston also has the ability to cost you games. And not just cost you one game or cost you two games. He's got the ability to cost you multiple games. All right. Again, we're we're here. Uh, you know, we're coming into week seven, and Jameis Winston. You can you can point to and say some of Jameis Winston's mistakes have cost this team at least two victories. All right, and that's just in the upfront uh, statistical data, interceptions, and all that stuff. And again, we we can go back and forth on this, guys. But at the end of the day, you know, when you go back to that interception with Richard Sherman in San against San Francisco. That's kind of that's kind of what Bruce Arians is alluding to, from from my interpretation of it. again, I'm not in the quarterback meeting room, but looking at the coach's words and what he's saying, he's saying that Jameis Winston has to get to a point where he understands he can't be Superman, that he can't save every single play. That play against San Francisco 49ers is an example of that. You're deep in your own zone, and you've got uh, you've got a lot of you got a lot of receivers on the field. You got Peyton Barber split out wide uh, to the right. You know, James called the hot read got it, we've kind of bent over that, Mike Evans didn't run the hot read. When when you have that hot on because you're reading a blitz and your receiver doesn't run, run the right hot, as a quarterback now you have to make a decision. And your decision is you either throw against the blitz, so you're, you're looking at the blitzer, you throw against the blitz to a receiver further outside that hot read, or you eat it. Those are your two options. Jameis chose to throw the ball to his receiver, and I got it. Bruce Aarons came out and said that was Peyton Barber's fault. He ran the wrong route. I understand that. But we're talking situational football and decision-making, right? That's a decision that Jameis Winston made. Whether Peyton Barber threw ran the wrong route or not, Jameis Winston made that decision to throw the ball there. If anybody out here in in the football world would argue that throwing the ball under duress to Peyton Barber against Richard Sherman is a good decision – uh, we we would definitely disagree on that. Okay, now is that a decision that necessarily will guarantee it ends up in an interception? No. So does his teammate have ownership of that interception as well? Yes, of course. Peyton, Peyton Barber needs to run the most correct route. But again, this is Richard Sherman we're talking about. Okay, does Richard Sherman have the ability to make that same break on that ball, get to that ball, and and go and come up that interception? Yeah, I mean he does. He's shown it time and time again. So again then you go to the, the second pick six uh, in the San Francisco game where that screen breaks down. And that's one that even you know Bruce came out himself and even said, when that situation happens, Jameis Winston can't make the decision that he just made. And that's another pick six. That's 14 points, including extra points. That's 14 points uh, that Jameis Winston's decision-making led directly to points for the opponent and, and a loss for this team. And that's kind of where I'm coming at with this whole Teddy Bridgewater thing. And, and I don't want to get too crazy about it, guys, because – we're a long way away, and nobody is saying to push James Winston. I'm not. I'm, nobody is saying, you know, trade a third round draft pick to the Saints right now for Teddy Bridgewater, bring him in, bench James, or get rid of him, whatever. There's plenty of season left. I said on one of the previous episodes, one of the worst things that could have happened uh, from a, from a media standpoint, from a coverage standpoint for for those of us out here who are talking into microphones and writing articles and all this other stuff, is for that Carolina game in London to happen right before the bye, because that's the last thing you remember. That's the last taste you have in your mouth, and it looks a lot like a lot of things that have happened in his career. So it brings up all those questions, again, of can Jameis lead this team in the future? Will he be able to lead the team in the future? What does he need to do to prove it? So that's why it's been such a hot topic, and it's going to continue to be a hot topic uh, until that team steps on the field against Tennessee. And Jameis Winston goes out there and puts together a performance that says, see, guys, look. This is what, like, I would, I would love, Joe, if we're, if we're sitting here next week, Joe, and you can call in and anybody else who thinks that, you know, uh, we're wrong and, and that, you know, Jameis Winston definitely is still the quarterback for this team, uh, even, you know, 10 interceptions in six games in the 2019 season, Jameis Winston is still the future for this team, um, even though we have our doubts now because of what's been going on. I would love for you to be able to call back and say, ha, see what he did against Tennessee, that's why Jameis Winston is the future. And if that type of performance comes up, you know, and, and and you call in and say that, I will definitely play it on the air. And I'll sit here and say, yes, that's the Jameis that can win the games. But we're still going to have the concern we had earlier in the season. Are we going to see that Jameis on a consistent basis? That's the problem here. It's not that Jameis doesn't have the talent. It's not that Jameis doesn't have the ability. It's that he doesn't have consistency. And I got that he's young. I'm one of the people who made the, the statement about him being young myself on this show. But – you've got to at least see an improvement in that ability to be consistent. All right. We talk about whether or not we're confident in in James Winston stringing together four wins in the postseason if the Buccaneers were to make it into the playoffs as a wild card team. James Winston only has one winning streak of four or more games. Okay. He has a five-game winning streak. We remember it all. It was back, you know, the defense. It it led to the offseason where Mike Smith was the greatest, you know, re-signing the Buccaneers ever had, and so on and so forth, and then everything imploded. Outside of that five-game win streak, guys, which most people credit to the defense. Okay, there was a game where Jameis didn't even throw for 200 yards. He threw no interceptions. He threw no touchdowns, and they still won. So that was part of that game. There was a game they won 14-5 uh, against Seattle, and James actually had an interception in that game, yet they still came away with the 14-5 victory. All right, very defensive-heavy winning streak, um, but it's still a winning streak that's going to credited. James Winston as the quarterback of this team. Outside that five-game winning streak, Jameis has never strung together a three-game winning streak in his career. Never. That is the only time in Jameis Winston's career that this team has won three or more games in any stretch. So, you know, I, I think I think maybe the, the, the confidence that Jameis can win four in a row comes from optimism, comes from hope, comes from the things you've seen. You've seen the potential. You've seen the potential ceiling for Jameis Winston, and we have too. But there comes a time where we got to start being a little bit more honest about, I wouldn't say honest, but we've got to be a little bit more accepting maybe, right? The old saying of sometimes when people show you who they are, you need to believe them. Jameis Winston has showed us time and time and time and time again that he is not a quarterback that is going to make the right play, the smart play consistently enough to not put his team in jeopardy of losing games. All right. And those are not the quarterbacks that you want to sign long-term for your team. Joe, your voicemail, uh, like I said, uh, was very interesting to me, and it actually inspired some more homework for me. Um, I know James appreciated some of the homework I did on a previous episode. Hopefully you guys did too. But, Joe, this one inspired a little bit more. And I actually went into this quote-unquote homework assignment looking to, because I use a comparison of, of Derek Carr as well as, as kind of an earmark for uh, Jameis Winston at this age being re-signed by the Buccaneers and, and kind of the number comparisons that we looked at. Well, while I was going through some of these numbers, something really weird popped up to me. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you guys. I've already asked James this question uh, prior to recording, so I know what his answers are. So I'd like to know your guys' answers. You can to tweet them uh, at On Bucks or to me personally at DH82 underscore Bucks, or if you want to call in with a reaction yourself, uh, feel free to do so. Jameis Winston right now. Uh, six weeks into this game is 132 has 132 completions for, out of 220 pass attempts. That's 60% There is a quarterback in the NFL right now who has 136 completions out of 218 attempts for 62.4% completion percentage Jameis Winston has 1771 yards for an 8.1 yard per completion average There is a quarterback in the NFL right now that has 1,751 yards and an 8 yards average. Jameis Winston has 12 touchdown passes, which is a 5.5% touchdown rate. This other quarterback has 13 touchdown passes, which is a 6% touchdown rate. Jameis Winston has 10 interceptions, which is a a 4.5% interception rate. This other quarterback has three interceptions, which is a 1.4% interception rate. Jameis Winston has 24 passes of 20-plus yards this season, This quarterback has 28 passes for 20-plus yards this season. Jameis has five passes this season of 40-plus yards. This quarterback has four. Jameis Winston's been sacked 25 times. This other quarterback has been sacked 12 times. This other quarterback is Matthew Stafford, okay? And Matthew Stafford has had a very long career in the NFL. He's been in the NFL since 2009. He's been the Detroit Lions starting quarterback since he came out of Georgia. And – uh he's he's stuck with his team you know what i mean that the detroit lions have made a commitment to him that some buccaneers fans joe i imagine you're one of them uh have have expressed interest in the buccaneers doing with James as well but there are some reasons that the detroit lions have committed to matthew saffer as much as they have and i asked james i said if you could have Matthew Stafford quarterbacking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, would you want him to? And he said, no. And I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, but if you would want Matthew Stafford uh, quarterbacking the Buccaneers, then you're looking at a quarterback who this season is statistically and performance wise, almost stride for stride with James Winston. The only difference really is that Matthew Stafford has seven fewer interceptions. And I understand that some of these interceptions that Jameis has thrown are not necessarily his fault, right? Like the Peyton Barber running the wrong route, you could, you could argue that's not his fault. O.J. Howard getting hit right in the hands, deflecting it to a defender, you could argue not his fault. I understand that. But, again, when the ball comes flying out the quarterback's hands, it's based off of a decision that the quarterback made. So if the quarterback puts the ball in peril, then it's, it's hard to kind of take all the blame off of the quarterback. Yes, there are contributing factors, of course, but... What you're talking about is trying to get a quarterback who's going to put your team in the best situation possible. And a lot of times, and Joe is one of the things you mentioned, talking about offensive lines, James Winston has been sacked 25 times this year, which is a terrible rate. And I will agree with that completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to discount it or say it doesn't matter because it definitely does matter. Okay. These are human beings and I got, it. but James Winston's NFL quarterback, that's part of the territory Maybe not to this extent, okay? He's on pace to get sacked over 50 times this year, which is nuts, all right? If this was the anomaly, right? If if this was the first time this was, was happening, that might be a little bit different. But again, all that backstory comes with it. All the baggage comes with it. Jameis Winston has never been sacked so far in his career, and yes, and I completely agree. This year, he's on pace to completely shatter that. But Jameis Winston, the most Jameis Winston has been sacked in his career is 35 times. In that season, he threw threw 18 interceptions, which is a 3.2 interception rate for that season. Matthew Stafford has been sacked 35 or more times, six times in his career so far. Since 2009, he's been sacked more times than Jameis Winston has in his entire career that many different times. In those seasons, his highest interception rate for one of those years is... 2.4%, which came in 2011 when Matthew Stafford threw 16 interceptions. He also threw 41 touchdowns. So if you're going to be a touchdown or if you're going to be an interception thrower, you got to be a touchdown thrower. But then you look at the rest of Matthew Stafford's uh, stats and and try to look at, well, why did the Lions commit to Matthew Stafford and the Buccaneers may not be willing to commit to Jameis Winston? Well, Jameis Winston's got... Interception ratios or interception rates in in some of the past few seasons, 3.7, 3.2, 2.5, 2.8, and and a career average right now of 3.2, which includes this year, which the number is a little bit high. That number should come down a little bit as he goes through some more games without throwing five interceptions. Matthew Stafford's highest interception rate in his career is 5.3%, which is incredibly huge. It came in his rookie season. Since his rookie season, his highest interception percentage – has, was 3%, which came in 2013 when he threw 19 interceptions in one season. 3%. Jameis Winston, and that's, this is a quarterback who's been in the league since 2009. Jameis Winston since 2015 already has two seasons above 3% and is on pace this year to have more or have a higher interception rate than 3%. Not all of those are on other people. Okay, like I understand some of them are on other people, but not all of those are on, are on other people. And when we talk about Jameis Winston, well, a lot of it's on the offensive line. Well, Matthew Stafford is, a quarter, is an example of a quarterback who has been sacked 45 times, 44 times, 47 times, 40 times in his career and still not thrown interceptions at the rate. Or we're not just talking numbers. We're talking ratios. We're talking percentages of attempted passes. Those attempted passes are passes that are getting off. They're getting out of the quarterback's hands. Okay. So these are we're talking about numbers of when the quarterback passes the ball. I understand that pressure is is cumulative, right? You get hit, and Bruce Arians talked about that in London. You get hit early, it affects you later on down the line, right? But here's a quarterback in Matthew Stafford who's been sacked more than James Winston has been sacked so far in his career. And he's still throwing quarterbacks, or he's still throwing interceptions at a lower percentage of his attempts than James Winston is. It's decision-making. I understand he's getting pressure. I understand he's getting hit. That's part of his job as the quarterback, What you can't do as a as an NFL quarterback, if you want longevity, is let that pressure and let those hits make you make bad decisions that lead to turnovers for your team. All right, Jameis Winston has three pick sixes this year, which is more than any other team in the National Football or more than any other quarterback in the National Football League. That's twenty one points, counting the extra point that came after. Without those twenty one points, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have surrendered one hundred and sixty four points this year they've scored the Buccaneers as a team 173 which would give them a positive point differential they would be in the green as far as points for and points allowed only one team in the National Football League right now through seven weeks has a positive point differential and a losing record that's the Tennessee Titans and even they sit at three and four all right every other team in the National Football League Including the Indianapolis Colts, who have a five point differential. That's it. They've only scored five more points this year than their opponents, have a winning record. Every other team. And then you look at the teams with negative point differentials, like the Buccaneers do. They have a negative 12 point differential right now. Those three, even those three pick sixes without extra points, 18 points, that still puts the Buccaneers in a negative, right? Every single team in the NFL, again, except for one. With a negative point differential, have a losing record. Let me backtrack a little bit. So, not every team, not every team in the NFL with a positive point differential has a winning record. Correct myself. They have a winning record or a 500 record. Okay. And not every team with a negative differential has a losing record. They have or, or but every but every single team in the NFL with a negative point differential has a losing record, except for the Oakland Raiders, who are three and three. So if you have a positive point differential at this point in the 2019 NFL season, your floor is 500. If you have a negative point differential, your ceiling is 500. That's how big those three interceptions loom right now. Because if, the Tampa, if, if James Winston only has seven interceptions right now this season, this team arguably would have a winning. I mean, if, if Jameis doesn't throw two pick six against San Francisco, does, not, does this team not have a winning record? This team probably has, or does this team not win that game? So that makes him 500, right? Now, I got it. his other pick six came against Los Angeles. So you can throw that out there and say, well, that one was kind of a no harm, no foul. And I would agree with that. But if Jameis Winston has three interceptions like Matthew Stafford does, what is this team's record to you? James would argue that they're at least 500, if not four and two, guarantee they win that 49ers game, All right. So I would ask you the same question, guys: Do you want Matthew Stafford quarterbacking the Buccaneers for the next six seasons? Because Matthew Stafford is in his 11th year, and you go through you go through some of these 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 seasons with matthew stafford they don't all mirror as much as like this year 2019 james winston 2019 matthew stafford mirror each other closely like they like they are they're very it's like it's like the spider-man gift where they're pointing at each other like these two quarterbacks uh, are very very close and it, it's beyond stats too guys listen i looked at or beyond those measurables i looked at next gen stats right Jameis winston this so, so far this year when james winston throws the ball He's holding the ball for 2.74 seconds on average before throwing the ball. That's 21st in the National Football League. That means he's holding the ball longer than 20 other quarterbacks in the National Football League right now before throwing the ball. That's not when he gets sacked. That's throwing the ball. All right. So when he's in the pocket, he's still holding the ball for an extremely amount of time. Again, that's his read progression. Uh, maybe it might be route progression I got. It. Matthew Stafford's holding the ball for 2.67 seconds. That's 15th. So they're only six positions away from each other um, in, that, in that next-gen stat. Jameis Winston is, is completing the ball. When he completes a pass, his average completion is going for eight yards, which is most in the NFL. Matthew Stafford's are going for 7.9 yards, which is second in the NFL. Jameis Winston's average pass complete or pass attempt is going 10.8 yards. He's, his average pass is traveling 10.8 yards in the air uh, trying to reach a receiver. Matthew Safford is traveling 10.5. Guys, Matthew Safford and James Winston this season have been the exact same quarterback. The only difference is Matthew Safford has thrown seven fewer interceptions so far. Now, the Detroit Lions have a losing record. The Detroit Lions are two, three, and one because they've also given up 160 points all right, while only scoring 149. So the Detroit Lions have a problem that the Buccaneers don't necessarily have. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have scored 173 points while the Lions have scored less than 150. So, But you look at that, and and let's be honest, guys, if you're looking at those numbers and you're looking at the quarterback and you're looking at, you know, when you talk about B.A., talking about understanding when you have to eat plays sometimes, 25 sacks to 12 sacks isn't simply just a pressure number. It's not simply saying, well, the Detroit Lions have a better offensive line than Tampa Bay Buccaneers do, which they might, especially in that London game with your entire right side, uh, playing with backups, but some of those avoided sacks, some of those 25 sacks that Jameis Winston has that, that Matthew Stafford doesn't some of the 13 sacks rather that James Winston has that Matthew Stafford doesn't are throwaways. Some of those are killed plays. All right. That's, that's just, that's just part of the ratio. I mean, you, you're, that's just an obvious, obvious assessment, but you look back at Matthew Stafford's numbers, his interception numbers everything. What all that stuff points to guys is decision-making and that's what we're talking about with james Winston. nobody i would say nobody but james and i are not questioning james winston's physical ability we're not questioning his arm talent we're not questioning his ability to run when he needs to we're not questioning uh his football iq like the guy is smart we're not we're not questioning his leadership ability the guy's got charisma for days he's got the ability to get people to follow him uh into battle and back out what we're questioning is his decision making and that was the question that was one of the big questions coming into it. And unfortunately, guys, you can be a quarterback whisperer. You can do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, the only person that can make Jameis Winston make smarter decisions is Jameis Winston. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate this offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So that's where we're sitting at with that as of right now. Guys, uh, thank you so much for those of you who are still with me, who stuck with me throughout this entire episode. I greatly appreciate it. Joe, again, greatly appreciate the phone call. Obviously, as you can see, you sparked a lot of thought, at least for me. Um, Hopefully, you know, listen... Uh, Jameis is the quarterback for this team At least for the rest of the 2019 season If not longer And James and I will continue to be supporters of Jameis As long as he's wearing his uniform As long as he's starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Because it's always more fun to cover winning football Than it is to cover losing football However, we owe it to you We owe it to ourselves And we're just going to be honest people If we see flaws in, in Jameis or anybody else We're going to, we're going to point them out We're going to call them out And that's just kind of how we like to operate Uh, But at the same time, guys, feel free to share your thoughts uh, with us in in the voicemail box. If you don't already have the number, that number is 813-444-5841. Like I said, James and I will be back uh, on Friday, so you won't have to listen to just me uh, for two episodes in a row. But for those of you who did, I greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked on Bucks.